we're we're talking about Judgment House, our our annual our annual masochistic event where we go and torture ourselves with Christian theology for a solid like hour or two. A particular least. brand of Christian theology, for that matter. Well, it's always a particular brand, but this is a a, a particular peculiar brand. But uh, we'll we'll get to the details of that. I want to talk about their theology, but we'll get to that. So we we went to. Wilmot Place Baptist Church? Yes, Wilmot Place Baptist Church here in Oklahoma City, which is the closest hell house to anywhere around here. We couldn't find anything more hellish than than this event. And this event was... It wasn't so much uh, about hell as it was about theology and judgment. It wasn't like a classic hell house like you'd see in the documentary. Well, they call it Judgment House, and that's all about how you're being judged Judge, judge the non-believer. You do get the chance to be judged. Yeah. Up close and personally. Okay. So, well, I guess we should just go through it, talk about talk about scene by scene, or uh, did you guys have something in particular you wanted to talk about? Well, I want to get out of the way first. I don't recall us having a security detail last year. There was there was security last year, but uh, I don't remember them being as intense about it. I think they, like, sniffed us out pretty early on. Really? It could have been all the giggling that we were doing. (laughs) Well, yeah. I think there's a security guy that goes through with each group every time. Well, the guy we had this year was very, uh... uh, Montana Militia? (laughs) That's a good way to describe it. Yeah, it's like a cross between, like, a uh, small-town cop and the Marlboro Man. Yeah, he looked like he was, he's like, I've got a small arms permit and I can't wait to have to use it. <laughs> Alright, so run us through the first scene, you're, you're at home with a 14 year old girl and, a, and her 16 year old brother who only has one shoe. Right. <laughs> and he, and who likes to, um, put mustaches on his sister's Justin Bieber posters. Yeah, hey, that's normal. Everybody does that. <laughs> There's nothing at all odd about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the scene is: Dad comes home, and he's mad at her because she didn't do the dishes or something. Proceeds to smack her in the face. Uh, brother gets all mad, has a confrontation with Dad. Mom comes in and breaks it all up. Brother storms out. Dad storms out. Girl starts crying, and now she has a giant, uh, conveniently concealed it until this point bruise on her face. Or yeah, mm-hmm. she looks like she got smacked around. With bad makeup. It's seen. Yeah, you can't expect, like, Hollywood quality makeup. I mean, come on. you got to cut them a break on that. I don't know. They were able to get, uh, you know, pretty authentic-looking uh, city uh, city vehicles there. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to their city vehicles, which I'm pretty sure were just really convincing mock-ups. Yeah. Nothing uh, worth okay. suing over. So next scene? The next scene, they're in right. school with Ben next Stein. Scene. Right. Who is droning on about his announcements. So we're in the classroom. Uh, she becomes a Christian. She gets invited to a Bible thing at church that night. And she says she can't go because she wants to spend time with her brother, who's for some reason not around all that much. Never really goes into details as to why. And her new brother in Christ uh, encourages her to bring her brother along mm. so that he can be proselytized as well. At the Wiki Wiki Wednesday thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't get the Wiki Wiki Wednesday thing. That guy was so enthusiastic, it was contagious. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that we'll go to that scene. We catch a very, very 
that guy was clearly an actual youth pastor that was oh, used God, to doing that. Oh, God, I hope that. so. <laughs> yeah. So we, were, we had a, a room full of young people being preached at by someone who clearly does, does do this for a living. Uh, with all of the really awful, uh, over-the-top upbeatness and smarminess that that entails. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It was very, very genuine. It was the most genuine thing there. Yeah. Well, but no, we, we, get, we have the hell scene coming up. Yeah, okay, we'll get to uh, that. Um, but uh, so at this point, I, I make the, the call that these kids are not getting out of this night alive. Right. You did mention there would be a car wreck. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is uh, the, the brother that did come along because uh, he wanted to spend time with his sister as well, he's all mad at the world and stuff. Yeah. So he like rejects the message because, you know, that's uh, – that, that you have to have somebody that goes to hell on these things. Otherwise, you can't have a hell scene. Right. And so – he rejects the message. It seemed to me, and Damien, Matt, you guys may have caught this as well. It didn't seem to any, any like anybody actually gave him any good reasons why he should believe. What? They quoted yeah. the Book of Romans. What more do you need? Right. Right. It's in the Bible. Just believe it. Right. Um, but he seemed to me like he gave what, what was essentially like a very crude version of the problem of evil. And they didn't really have a response to it other than quoting scripture at it. And not even particularly relevant scriptures. Not like they were quoting Job. Right. So, so um, that for some reason that condemns him to hell. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's well understood. Uh, he know. had his chance to be convinced by less than adequate evidence. He gave it up. Right. Because uh, <laughs> we all know that belief is voluntary. We can just believe whatever we want whenever we feel like it. Right. Right now, I believe I'm a mushroom. Um, okay. Um, you, Matt, you feel free to chime in at any point on this. Okay. But uh, <laughs> so has a confrontation with the guy that's trying to convince him to become a Christian. It already convinced his sister, and sister comes up. She tries to have a talk to him about it. And he makes some comment about how he just needs a beer. She gets mad and storms out. Before, not, but not before she accuses him of being just like their dad, who, remind, I remind you, beats her. He also craves beer. Yeah, yeah, and really, yeah. Bud Light. There's no excuse for that. He deserves hell. Well, how, how could you get that drunk on Bud Light? Seriously. Yeah. If you can beat your daughter on, on a single bottle of 3.2, then you're going to beat your daughter anyway. I, well, yeah, and that's the other thing. is like he had just gotten home from wherever he was, right? and he was drunk, and he had a bottle in his hand, which means he was drunk driving. So he deserves for his kids to die in a car wreck or something. So the next the next scene, and this is where we start playing with the narrative and the and the plot holes. Oh, we're just now going to get to the plot holes? <laughs> well, no. No, okay. At this point, everything within the narrative, like the the narrative, well, while there are huge like theo- theological problems and and philosophical problems, we're getting into the basic narrative structure like uh screenplay writing 101 don't have like time problems. This is where we get into that. Oh my god. So it's more yeah. complicated than I thought. Oh, yeah. Next scene, you have um, parents at home, dad sitting on his recliner, you know, you know, a la uh, married with children style, watching the ball game and drinking a beer. I was thinking Archie Bunker, uh, but go on. Close enough. I mean, uh, similar themes. Um, wife's getting worried because uh, the kids are getting are home late. He tells her he tells her not to worry about it, and when they get home, he'll make damn sure that never happens again. Yeah, uh, but I think them. he says the word darn or something because you know you can't actually cuss in a church. That would be not unless you're saying damnation or hell, but then only if you're saying it theologically. Right, right, right. Um, and so threatens to beat his kids when they come home, 
And she makes some crack about how well, maybe that's why they don't want to come home. And so he threatens to beat her. And it's very uh, honeymooners moment. And um, <laughs> except with the actual threat of violence, because the honeymooners right, always had right. the sense that he just couldn't go through with it. Right. And then um, uh, instead of having the kids walk in the front door, you hear a ominous. Which everyone at this point has already figured out what's going on. And, and uh, a cop's there to tell them that uh, they need to come at once. Their kids have been in a wreck. Right. Okay. Now, at this point, narrative structure, we're working out, okay, no major plot holes. Cue the next scene. Now, <clears throat> the next scene is the spoken of, the aforementioned car wreck, mm-hmm. where you have EMS just showing up as we walk in. You have uh, flashing lights. And you have the kids being pulled out of the car, which this is one of the things that was funny is for some reason they had to saw the car open Grind. from the passenger side, but the doors grinder. were open on the driver's side. Yeah. That didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. But um, Maybe someone was wedged in. Maybe. I, it's just any uh, excuse for sparks is good with me. I'm right. just going to let that yeah, pass. That's fine. I'm, yeah, I was, I was going to let it go too. No, where, where I had problems was when the parents showed up. At the car wreck scene, that apparently the cop had had some kind of moment of clairvoyance and told them that their kids were about to be in a car wreck and that they needed to go at once because the kids had just had this wreck and EMS had just showed up and nobody knew who these kids were. They were just anonymous kids who'd been in a car wreck. But for some reason, the cops knew to go to the parents' house and tell them they needed to come down because their kids had been in a wreck. Huh. Hmm. So for me, that was a really bad plot hole, and I had like immediate serious problems with that. As soon as the parents showed up, I'm like, okay, you guys are screwing with the timeline here. That, that doesn't work. Don't you think you could fill in that plot hole with appropriate uh, – uh, just sure throw in some extra details? Like, if this, were the, if this were the Marvel Universe, you could no prize that thing. I'm going to grant you that. But that screen, you know, screenplay writing 101, you don't, you don't have that obvious of a plot hole. Yeah. What was, the, what was the name of the family again? The Jernigans? Jernigans, yeah. yeah. Yeah, what if they had like a big old sticker on the back of their car? You know, Jernigan family. I don't think that he was with the, the, in the Jernigan va- family vehicle. They were in the friend's vehicle, weren't they? Yeah, I think so. In that case, I really don't know how the cop knew. Right, right. It was a major plot hole. It really bothered me at the time. I'm not really it that concerned with the plot holes, though. I mean, but I, I get where you're coming from. Right. It took me out of the scene. There was Seriously, the, the bad issue. acting didn't That's take you out of the scene. <laughs> <laughs> there was also well, there was also the issue of the fact that there were actually like Oklahoma City taxpayer paid for uh, vehicles being used in props in this scene. So now that's something kinda, to be pissed off about, right there. Yeah, that kind of pissed me off. Probably going to want to follow up on that in the, in the not so distant future. Um, anyway. So the next scene, I think the next scene is judgment, right? Yes. Yeah. Kids are dead. We go to the judgment scene and there's – And this and one's exactly like it was last year. This is one of those yeah, scenes that's exactly. constant from year to year. Yeah, and it's, it's – it, they do that because it's a, it's, it's, a, a, it's one of the more effective scenes that they have mm-hmm. where they have like plants in the audience and they also have like a, a, a list like when you come into this place, you Let will, like write. Understand? CJ means people who are planted in the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have, like, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't mean yeah. foliage. Yeah, no, no, no. You have like uh, agent provocateurs in the audience who are playing they the must... role of the children who were, we just saw killed. 
Right. Yeah, so, so like, I actually like walked in, and there was a dude. There was a guy sitting there that I hadn't noticed him before, and it didn't occur to me that he was playing the role of the brother. And I commented to him that I liked his shirt because he had like, um, it was a, it had a picture of Spider Man on the front. It says, "They say I'm amazing." <laughs> and I was like, I like that shirt. So I commented to him. He's like, "Thanks." And then it turned out he was the dead brother. <laughs> Thanks, but I'm going to hell. Yeah, yeah. His shirt won't uh, help me there. Yeah. So, okay. So, um, when you first show up at this, uh, judgment house, they have you fill out this little information card about like what group you're with, like what church you're with and all this stuff. And you have your, you put your name and your address on there so they can send you literature and stuff like that. Right, right. Phone number and all that. Well, they give these cards to the guys, the guy at the top, uh, a base, I guess it's supposed to be St. Peter, uh, Who's doing the judging of whether or not you're in the book or not? I don't, so he's going. I don't know cards. if it's clear who that is. I mean, like, from a, I don't think that Protestants are are keen on that whole, like the whole saints thing. Well, well, much less like having a human being involved in the judging process. What I'm getting at. Sure, sure, sure. Now, they're non-specific about who who the guy is reading the names off. But of course, initially you have the sister's name read off. And she goes up there, and she's going to go to heaven, and everything's happy, and she goes off. Because she prayed then, a 30-second prayer in Ben Stein's class. Right. And then they read the brother's name off, and he walks up, and he's all excited. He's going to heaven. And they're like, no, you're not going to heaven. You rejected the thing. And he's like, no, no. And then a dude comes in from the other side who's all dressed in black and drags him off. Um, Who looked a lot like, like some of the ha- Halloween costumes I saw tonight. Yeah. Did I mention it's Halloween? That, yeah. Um and so then you had uh, – he, 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 for further dramatic effect, he starts calling names of people in the audience. Totally. And you're supposed to step forward. And he calls two or three names. And, of course, he calls my name this year. He called your name last year. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to step forward. And for some reason, you decided to – that you like totally wanted to go to heaven. So you like pretended like you were me and went up there. Oh, he doesn't know me from Adam or CJ. Right, right. <laughs> well, and I, I'm amazed that like – they called your name last year because your name is like clearly a joke name. That, yeah, I, they never call my name because of that. I, f- I figured that they would never do that, but yeah. Oh well. Let the listener understand my name really is Damien. So if I put down my real name, it looks like I'm screwing with them. Yeah. Who else from our group got called? Because I know it was like Red and CJ and and who else? Uh, uh, Michelle got called. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so several of the people from our group got called, and then he goes, if I haven't called your name, step forward. Like, like he got tired of reading off names. No, they do that every year, too, though. Yeah. And so everybody steps forward, and he's like, now is not your time. You will be judged at a later time. And then he sends you off to the hell scene. Yay. Which is the best scene of the night. Oh, it was it was a much improved hell scene. Less Way is more. Way better than last year. Was... Last year was, the, was a low point for the hell scene. Yeah. It was very over the top, like attempt to be scary last year. This year it was just one dude doing a very effective monologue. Yes, and I was particularly and yelling at giggly the, girls. I was yes. particular. Yeah, yeah, not in our group. Like, it was funny. They were the, like the junior high kids were not taking this any more seriously than we were this year. Yeah, what's they were that? having a laugh at, which was awesome. Because last year we had like people being all weepy and stuff. True. True. Um, but uh, it was awesome because they had a pentagram in the middle of the floor, which was like totally playing into the like the 1980s Dungeons and Dragons pentagrams are evil stereotype. Hey, thank God they, they actually had... used a pentagram and not a Star of David. Right. 
Yeah. So they had a pentagram in the floor with the the, the brother like laying his in the on the pentagram, and it was like this light projected from above. And uh, it was actually a really cool effect. And you all gathered around it, and then the, the demons came out and picked on the brother for a while. And then, then the devil comes out and gives his monologue and yells. He ad libs a little bit, yelling at the audience, telling them to like pay attention and get in line. Yeah. And then he talks about how he's not a bad guy. He's not the bad guy. God set this whole thing up. Yeah. I didn't invent hell. That wasn't me. Right. I'm like, which? Whoa! You're giving the skeptics <laughs> a certain amount of ammunition, there, buddy. Yeah, yeah, I was like, wait a minute now, this is, uh, like, like you're, you're, like, giving, like, ammunition to people that are, like, attacking theodicies, because <laughs> you're, like, this, like, <laughs> it was, it was really funny that they decided to go that route with it, where, like, the devil's like, I'm not the bad guy here, he is. I was like, wait a minute, are you a plant? What, what, <laughs> yeah. what is going on here? Yeah, so, yeah, there was a lot of conflicted... Um, messages going on in the hell scene this year. Yeah, it's def- I mean, it was a very effective scene. It was very well done. I was very um, pleased to get to see some good acting for free. But- it makes <laughs> me wonder how much this guy went off script. I, that's exactly, exactly what I was wondering. Like, like I'm wondering if the person who wrote this and the, like the pastor of the church would approve of the thing, the things the devil was saying in the hell scene if they knew it, what he'd been saying. But you know, this guy's been doing this like all night long for like however many days they've been doing it. Right. That. I have to guess that, like, this guy has gone off script at this point and that he's doing his own thing. Because he was saying things that were like, I don't know if your pastor would want you saying that. You can justify whatever the Satan character says, though, because he's the father of lies. So. Right, yeah, yeah. You can, you you can, can get away with anything as Satan. Yeah, yeah. I like that he did emphasize that it's God who's sending people to hell, though. Like, just so you right. know, the person that I right. want you to worship, he's the one that sends everyone into the pit. Let's all be clear on that. I'm just the middleman. Right, I'm just the middleman. So essentially, the the overall arching uh, theme of Judgment House is that, yes, you should be really frightened of God. Right. So it was like a haunted house where the only really scary thing in it is the Holy Ghost. <laughs> God sends you to hell. <laughs> I think it's great that, that we as a bunch of atheists go to Judgment House every year because, like, this is the only thing left that, like, uh, can get our hackles up. Like I, haunted houses don't do it for me at all. Like, I guess the guy chasing me with a chainsaw that 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 would be fun. That's always fun. But uh, I can't believe they ha- didn't have one at the Hell House. Yeah, still can't believe disappointed that. at the lack of chainsaw. Yeah. I was I was hopeful up to that last minute when we were walking out the doors that someone was going to come up behind <laughs> us. I really Next was. year I'll bring one just at to mess point, with you. At one point he was like. He was like, I really want that preacher to just turn around and, like, put on the Jason mask and grab the chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We're almost done. After hell scene, we go to the heaven scene, which is the exact same as last year. Only this time they didn't play a bad riff on I'm Proud to be an American. It had the, the virgin girls in white. And right. It's the exact same scene every year. Some of the same girls, by the way. Really? Not that I was paying that close attention. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but they have all these like girls that apparently represent angels, which is not biblical at all. Um, cause there's no uh, way angels are that sexy. Well, <laughs> Jesus specifically said that angels are not sexy. That's in I, the gospel. Understanding of this, like, it's Christian doctrine that there are no female angels. That was the belief I grew up with that all the angels are dudes. What? 
Okay. Think about any, any references to named angels in the Bible. Any references you have to angels that are named, they're always either – they're always dudes. The named ones are all higher-ups. So you know, uh, anytime you see higher-ups in the Bible, they're dudes. Yeah. yeah. With the yeah. exception yeah. of Deborah. Well, and angels don't procreate. So what need do they have for 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 women angels? Boobies. Right. What's, what's the Adam's, point in having angels with boobies? That's what I'm saying. Right. The only reason – the only reason women exist are to be our companions and angels don't need companions because they don't reproduce. Right. I so. think we've gone a little too deep into the okay. <laughs> es- esoterica here. <laughs> All right. So anyway, angels, uh, extremely Aryan Jesus comes out. Oh, my God. <laughs> More than one person actually started laughing when that happened. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. There was a collective, like, giggle from like the audience the, when, like um, – The when, girl like, right next to me, like, burst out laughing, and I'm like, I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, oh, God. I'm going to melt into the wall. <laughs> when, I, feel when, so ba- I feel so bad for everyone involved at this point. When hippie Jesus with his um, extremely uh, Aryan background comes walking out. I mean he was straight out of like a Mormon painting of Jesus. Oh my god, yeah. Or like a, like a, a rock festival or something. He looked like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Keith Green if Keith Green were even whiter than Keith Green was. <laughs> well, have you, have you ever seen the paintings that the Mormons have that are depictions of Jesus? Well, yeah, this guy. Exactly. Guy they like, like their white Jesus. They, yeah. So Jesus is apparently a white guy. Very, and, very white. Um, and surrounded by female virgins. Right. Then like of the little the girl that, that went to heaven, you know, runs out and she says something really corny and runs up and hugs Jesus. Oh Jesus. Yay. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. And she almost tripped on the steps on the way up. <laughs> and then um they filed her, her friend from class, from Ben Stein's class, does the same thing. Yeah. Wait, no, he went first. Didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, well, I don't know, one of them. Doesn't I matter. The point is, we get, we got to see two kids run up to heaven. That was right. pretty cool. And then... Um, he stood there point, forever. <laughs> yeah. At this point, they file us all into uh, a little, like, room where we're supposed to, like, reflect and meditate on everything that we've seen and learned. And, uh, you know, last year when we did this, we had some, like, weepy little junior high kids. At this point, nobody was taking this seriously. It was hilarious. Even the kids that were Christians were like, ha, that was bad. And uh, I'm so they for the bad acting. All right. right, right. So that didn't last very long. They oh, were like, but I can still laugh at the bad acting, right? They didn't take it. They didn't take very long with us. And then uh, they filed us into the room with the uh, preacher, the, the the guy that wrote the preach, the the pastor of the church or whatever. And he gave us his spiel about, you know. Get, you know, becoming Christians and getting right with God and all that stuff, and let, and gave an altar call, and uh, had a few people in the room that prayed the prayer with him out loud, and every, the rest of us just kind of sat there and waited for it to be over. And that's pretty much the end. Oh, there wasn't the many. There wasn't many people that prayed. There was there. Yeah. Now I think it was actually. See, and that was the thing. I think this year. Uh, was much less offensive than last year. But as far as like drumming up that emotional effect among the younger people, I don't think this year's script was nearly as effective. So you say less offensive because because last year it had the, the teen suicide drug overdose thing? Well, it was the or, abused girl who had been uh, uh, like... Pushed around by Christians? Pushed around by Christians, pushed around by her parents. And then at the end, pushed around by demons. And then at the end, uh, pushed around by demons, and she commits suicide and goes to hell for it. And it was all about how, like, that, life the, is whole, a bitch, the whole and then thing, you die, and life is even more of a bitch. 
Right, and let's we need to we need to like get something out here. These judgment houses are not for people that don't believe. These judgment houses are for kids that are in this church and kids that are already in a church. Right, and and the motivation is you're intended to to leave that place thinking I've got to go get my friend saved. Right, that's really what the point is. It's not about so much about getting saved; it's getting the word out, so, motivating the, the youth. So last year, it was all about like not bullying unbelievers, being nice to the new kid in the youth group, like like being. They'll go to hell if you bully them. Right, because they'll go to hell if you bully them. They'll kill themselves, yeah. and. And I have a suspicion that after all of the anti-bullying campaign by the like, by like, uh, uh, liberals, but well, by the the gay rights community this year, like they pulled away from the anti-bullying thing and had to go a different direction with it because they're mm. like, oh, well, we can't have an anti-bullying message because that's too liberal now. Yeah, we still got to be able to bully the gays at least. Come on. Right, right. Um, so, um, yeah, that's no. biblical. Uh, last year was extremely offensive. I was I was appalled by last year. I was I was I was appalled this year, but but uh, not to the uh, not to the extent. Can I just say that I, I found it only marginally less offensive this year, because I mean in the end, an innocent person who's done very little to warrant it is going to be tortured at the you know at the end of the show. Right. And you're supposed to nod in approval and say yes, sign me up to worship that guy who put him in the torture chamber. Right. That, that, that to me is, that, if you think about it, pretty fundamentally offensive. That kid who has like justifiable anger at the world because he's been like abused by his father and treated horribly his whole life, and didn't didn't believe your bad uh, theodicy to his his statement of the problem of evil uh, deserves eternal punishment for that. Yeah, essentially, yeah. The lesson is believe whatever the youth minister tells you to believe. At whatever church you happen to be visiting that night, or you get tortured forever. Right. Oh, and um, we're v- they were very clear to point out that, like, you could die on the way home tonight, so you better get this, you know, like, this is a morality play, and you could this could happen to you at any time. It's always good to think about how easy it is to die on the road, if only if it, you know, helps you be a more alert driver. But, right. Um, <laughs> I say this as someone who drives a subcompact. So, okay, now I have to ask everyone here, okay, what all did you write on your little, like, comment card at the end? Excuse me, I wrote something marginally uplifting. I said, I admire your courage in presenting your beliefs, but I can't find any of this at all persuasive. <laughs> you know, like, you didn't give me any reason to think it's true, but, you know, good try. I, I really appreciate that you're putting yourself out there. I put something along the lines of, you know, I actually enjoyed this one much more than last year. At least we don't have... Um, uh, teen suicide. Uh, looking forward to seeing next year. Bye. <laughs> and then I wrote like what group I was with was Oklahoma Atheist. I thought I think we need to be more honest about that next year. Just be straightforward. Like we're with, we're with the Oklahoma Atheist. Like we are the Oklahoma Atheist group. We should just have a whole like twenty five people all to ourselves. Just a whole reservation. Right. Just our group. Right. And just be totally upfront. Like yes, we're the Oklahoma Atheist. We're coming to visit your judgment house. Yeah. I'm not sure if they'd groove on that, but. It's worth a shot. Yeah. Matthew, did you have any comments that you wanted to share about your thoughts? Oh, on, on my on my card that I did? Or just any comments at all? Uh, sure. Uh, I was kind of apprehensive about going to the Judgment House. I've never been to one. Uh, I love horror movies, love uh, haunted houses, but I just didn't know what it'd be like to go to a, a Judgment House. But I actually... Going with the group, it was pretty fun. Uh, 
I don't know if I would have enjoyed it quite as much if I'd just kind of gone there by myself or something like no. that. Yeah, but yeah, that wouldn't have been fun for anybody. But my no. only my only uh, experience with the Judgment House is just seeing that there was a that documentary made several years ago. Oh, the Hell House. Movie. Yeah, yeah. It's a very and, different kind of experience. Yeah, yeah, it was. And what was the Hell House movie still? It well, was. It was like, over a Hell House in Texas, right? In yeah, I mean, it was real scary shit. Yeah, real scary shit. And so I didn't know spontaneous abortion girl. Everyone wants to be spontaneous abortion yeah. girl. <laughs> I didn't know if, oh. if this Hell House was going to be like that, that one. So I didn't know how I was going to. I just didn't know if I was going to like it or not. You you know there was like uh like. Like there's a serious competition among all the guys to say who get to like see who gets to be the demons in hell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I get I'm just the saved guy this year. Then no yeah. fair. Everybody. Well, they, they always they pick like large high school kids that like shoving people around to play that role. Like none of those guys were small and, and timid. Yeah. They were all clearly people that had experience pushing people around. Wow, I hadn't thought of that. Kind of a casting nightmare if you think about it. Yeah. Playing to people's worst tendencies. Uh, yeah, it's very different. I've been to the actual Hell House as well. I mean, not the actual, but like a variant of the Hell House, and it's very different. What's what's the what's the like what's the idea there? Like, what do they do? Well, they have like horrible things happening. Like I said, spontaneous abortions on the couches, uh, rats on the dining room tables, and and you know, just generally horrific things. But they're all this worldly horrific things until you get to the end. So it's less of a morality tale and more of a well, excuse me. It's less of a theologically loaded morality tale and more of a, like, if you do drugs and have unprotected sex, then terrible things could happen to you. You know, yeah. if if you're a heroin addict and, you know, you're a crack It's whore, just showing, like, the worst, like, situations people can get their lives into. Yeah, and so in a way, it's much more realistic. Like, if you make really shitty choices, your life will be really shitty. What's and their it, depiction of atheists, like, sitting at home with their family and kids? Well, there wasn't a room for that. Oh, okay. But that would have been sweet. <laughs> Here he is, reading on the internet again. Yeah. He's still reading. Posting on YouTube so videos. So depraved, those damn secular humanists destroying America. Look at him, he's posting another video. <laughs> oh, it's a cat video, damn it. <laughs> that doesn't count. Yeah, so it's a very different phenomenon. Hell House and Judgment House are two different things. Judgment House is fundamentally about getting you to that judgment scene. Where you get to think about what what the afterlife is going to be like for you personally, and you get called by name. See, I actually participated in a traveling um, like alternative to something like like it wasn't an it wasn't a judgment house. It was uh, like a one act play that that but was structured in a very similar format to this. Only instead of like it being like heaven and hell at the end, it was. Um, group of like you had like a pool of like high school kids that that are all dealing with their own stuff and uh some of them decide to become christians and some of them decide not to and at the end the rapture happens oh, and sweet. all the kids that were christians get taken away and and everybody that wasn't gets left behind and then you're like and then there's an altar call that's pretty sweet what's the appropriate time of year to do a rapture play I just since, we, since no one knows summer, the day or the hour, what do you do? during the summer, during the summer, because that, uh, that would be the twenty first, Matt. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, uh, no, it's during the summer because that's when everybody's out of high school and they could travel around to all the churches doing this stuff. Okay, I was just joking. About yeah, how, like 
haunted houses are a seasonal thing, but right. I guess rapture houses are more of a summer thing. Yeah, and it was just like we would take over like a, a church for a service, and it would run like it was like a thirty-minute play, and with an altar call at the end, and we would take over like we would use the church as like we would have vague like we had vague props, and we would turn the the church into the the schoolhouse and stuff, and it was like a. Like like half of the half of the stage was a living room and the other half was a classroom. If I ever had a role in a traveling uh, church youth group drama musical show, I would not cop to it here. So uh, I'm not yeah. going to. I'm just see this, yeah. this, I'm just gonna let that one pass. I'm just gonna. All I'm gonna say is that 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 particular script that I was a part of is still being used in Assembly of God churches today. Sweet. Well, let me know if you find one next summer. We'll make the trip out. Okay. Yeah, I'll look it up. See, cause I know that the, the the people who wrote and did the play are out of Elk City, Oklahoma. Really? So, huh. like that, that. So, and I think they're still in that area. So. I got to give you guys one more detail about the Judgment House. Mm-hmm. So today I'm at work at my desk relaxing, and one of the um, one of the coworkers comes by and she's like, "Hey, I saw you at my church last night." <laughs> really? And I'm like, "Oh shit, you did? No, I didn't." That's, I mean, internally, I was like, oh, shit. Uh, on the outside, I was like, oh, yeah, uh-huh, yep. I'm going to let you talk for a little bit, and moving on. Were they helping or an actor? Or? I think she was, like, the executive producer. Oh, oh really? Oh. Uh, which That's really kind of humanizes the whole thing for me. So it's not just theology and people that I don't know to make fun of. It's really, like, I have to actually feel bad for everyone involved, because... Now they're real to me. They're actual people to you. They're actual people who believe really wacky things and want to share that with others. Right. Which, I mean, i got to give them credit. They're doing this. This is like, we're doing this at our church. Come if you want to. And to that extent, I mean, it's terrible the things that they're teaching, like, teenagers. Yeah. But, but at least they're not, like, going out and performing this on, like, street corners. Hmm. Well, I'm... I just I think one of the best things for us to go see is that uh, instead of just seeing Christians online or you know reading about what the Bible says, we can see what people will believe like face to face. This is what they say they believe, right? And it's in a fairly uh, I'm not I was going to say not threatening, but almost like funny environment. Right. Unintentionally, and it creates a very awkward atmosphere because you know by the end of it. This group of people that are snickering through this whole thing are getting odd looks from like our tour guide and our security detail. Uh, Montana militia man. Yeah. So so it creates an odd dynamic there where you're like, you know, you you, you don't want to go overboard and like get kicked out, but you also like can't stifle the laughter when Jesus walks out and he's dressed like that and he looks that silly. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. Uh, we may not be welcome after I get done with uh, finding out about why they're letting uh, taxpayer-funded vehicles be a part of their thing. Oh, man. <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time a government employee took something home, they bring it back, of course. But, <laughs> but I, I just can't see that there's – I mean that's clearly crossing a line when you've got like Oklahoma City Fire Department vehicles participating in a church proselytizing event as props in that event. I would say it's crossing the line, but it's not crossing the line as much as Mary Fallon or Brad Henry when they go to speak at the big prayer day rally. 
I agree. In their capacity as governor or lieutenant governor. I agree. But in this case, um, I, I, while I agree with you, the, 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 uh, the courts probably do not. Yeah, I don't think the courts are going to agree with either of us. I mean, if you want to talk about futility, but that's not neither here nor there right now. Right. I'm about done here. I've got to go. Have a great night. On behalf of the Oklahoma Atheist Godcast, this is Damien. This is CJ. This is Matt. I'm wishing you all a happy Halloween. The Oklahoma Atheist Godcast is produced by the Oklahoma Atheists. The mission of the Oklahoma Atheists is to develop a community of individuals and families who value and promote critical thinking, free thought, reason, and a scientific worldview, and who seek to have a positive effect on the community at large through fellowship, rational discussion, community service, and education. For more information, please visit our website at www.oklahomaatheist.com. The music for today's show is from the song God is Dead by Jaron Lake and is reproduced here under a Creative Commons license. Jared's music in the Oklahoma Atheist Godcast are hosted courtesy of the Internet Archives Community Audio Collection, available at www.archive.org. To join discussion about the ideas presented in today's show, please visit our blog at blog.oklahomaatheist.com.